What's up, guys? Welcome back to the We Might Have Answers podcast. We have been gone for what feels like years, um, legitimately. Um, but yeah, Emma Hudson, they're right across from me. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up, Joshy? Yeah, we, uh, we've missed you guys. We've had a lot go on. In the past few weeks, few months, I think it's been literally like two and a, two, almost two and a half months since yeah. we recorded. Yeah. Um, Already pointing at the mic, saying, "Let's <laughs> <can> get closer." <laughs> well, you need to. Um, we're out of practice, guys. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rough. Uh, as we get back into it, it's gonna be a little rough. But yeah, we're back. Um, man, Hudson currently has a brace on his knee. That's what's really kind of hindered us. Not that he meant to tear his ACL, but you know. That's you're kind of getting in the way, dude. <laughs> Gosh, my bad, my bad. I didn't have the podcast in mind when I pivoted like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> he completely ripped his ACL in half, uh, and so we haven't been able to record. But just other stuff. It's a really busy season, uh, so we've been we've been kind of thinking about the podcast, but not really able to do it. But like I said, we're excited to be back. We're thankful for the support that you guys have continued to give us through this. Um, I had somebody joke about the fact that uh, we've <laughs> we've been promoting merch on our Instagram, but we haven't recorded in two and a half months. But that's still happening. It really is. Um, I'm excited too. It's gonna be cute. It's gonna be beige. Mm. Yes, beige. Emma, all the beige. Emma loves beige on literally every shirt. I wish we were doing crew next too, but it's summer. it's summer. It's literally going to no. be 90 degrees in a few days. I'm wearing a crew neck right now. so It's raining currently, so that <laughs> makes sense. Um, Yeah, we are going to be doing merch here soon. It's uh, going to be really cool. Hopefully comfort colors. If not comfort colors, then the Hanes version of comfort colors. But it's essentially the same thing. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, man, we I've, I've missed this. I really have. What about what about y'all? I've missed it a lot. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, we we constantly talk about it, and it's just like we literally just couldn't get together. There were so many times we tried, and either I was busy, Emma was busy, Hud was busy. It was just it's just been a crazy time. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. We got to see Chris Renzima. <gasps> Renzima. 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 He literally and corrected us on stage. I cried four times. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah, he was incredible. If you haven't listened to, listen to him, like go do it, Chris. Hey man, if you're if you're listening to this, we love you. He's not listening. He's <laughs> not. Listen we Why can did you say hell in a song? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's been really fun, really, really busy season, but a really, really good time. We've, uh, I think we've all grown a bit over the past two months, I would say, like just in our faith and yeah. as people, it's just been a crazy time, but a fun time. Yeah. Um, but basically what we got today is we've got a lot of questions that have piled up because we've been gone for two months. <laughs> um, and you guys have been, like I said, supporting us and, and sending questions our way. We appreciate that. So what we're going to try to do today is tackle a bunch of them. Um, we've got a list of probably like 20 questions. We're not going to get through all of them, but I sent them to Hudson and Emma, and we, we looked over them and picked up a few that we're going to try to sort of just, you know, rapid fire, go after them. So this is going to be off the cuff. So if we say anything crazy, it just you prepare yourself in advance because it's probably going to happen. Hudson, I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> No, I'm joking. HUD's great. He does a good job. But like I said, this is off the cuff. 
And we're going to, I mean, y'all want to jump in? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, again, thanks for sending these questions. What we've got first is this one right here. This is a really softball because, like, it's it, – you can't be wrong on this. Well, you can, I guess, but, like, <laughs> you shouldn't if we're doing this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, the question is, what does your time with Jesus look like? Let's start with – let's start with Emma. With me? Um, right now, I've been reading through the letters, so that's been good. Um, I just finished First Peter. Um, I don't really have like a Bible study like book that I do. What I like to do is just kind of just read the scripture and then just like pick it apart, you know, find context, you know, do different things like the here method or whatever it may be. Just like pick it apart, write my notes on it, um, all of that. So. Yeah, the here method's really good. Uh, it's one that I've I've used in the past. I still use it every now and then. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, it's H E A R. The H stands for highlight, meaning go and in whatever verse you're looking through, highlight um, a specific verse in that chapter that stands out to you, that you think speaks to you, that God's trying to say something through, um, anything like that. The E is explain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just going to kind of elaborate on the verse, tell what it, um, what the context is, um, who's speaking, what they're saying, stuff like that. The A is apply or application. That's how you're going to apply it to your life, how it can be applied to your life, um, which can be kind of the harder one, I think, just because sometimes you're reading a verse and you're like, how can this apply to me? Um, but yeah, you're just going to try to put that into practical application into your own life. And then the R is respond. How are you going to respond now that you have this, this the knowledge of this verse? You've applied it to your life. You've explained it. You've highlighted it. So how are you going to respond or how is God calling to respond, calling you to respond in that? So yeah, the here method is really great. Uh, I use it. I know Hudson's used it in the past, and Emma obviously uses it. Um, but yeah, that's great, Emma. Um, Hud, what about you? What is your? Yeah, so for me, I like to like switch it up all the time because if I just stay with one monotonous thing every day, I honestly get pretty bored. But two things I always try to include is God's word in some capacity, and then a prayer time, because I just feel like those hand in hand really gets you closer to the heart of Jesus. If you're just doing the studying, it might become more of like a kind of intellectual exercise. And if you're doing more on the prayer side, then uh, you're just going to be like a charismatic fallen over by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, no theology to back up anything you have. And so, yeah, I like to mix it up a little bit. So like this morning, for example, I actually prayed through um, the first Corinthians passage about love. And so I kind of just went through every attribute of love and just prayed that over my life. And so that's what it looked like this morning. Uh, some mornings it looks like reading, I'm going through a book called Gentle and Lowly. And it, ta- it talks about uh, Jesus's heart for sufferers and um, sinners. And so sometimes I go through that and kind of just dive deeper into the passages that it uh, references in there. And so, yeah, I like to switch it up a lot. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, um, I think that's good because like I don't like to read at all. I used to. I used to get a lot of AR points in high school. Or no, sorry, we stopped that in high school. But in junior high, I was like in the 100-point club, 200-point club. So Josh, quit flexing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really did used to like to read, and then something happened. I think sports, and I just stopped enjoying it. So I do also switch it up, like Hudson said, just to make sure I'm not getting too uh, honestly bored. Because um, I'll be I'll be real with you. Like sometimes reading scripture is boring for me. I hate that. 
and I try to combat that by um, switching it up. I'd use a here method. Um, sometimes I literally just like basically word vomit onto into my journal, like prayer, just uh, writing out my prayers. Obviously, reading scripture um, should be a daily thing that you get into the habit of. Uh, right now, I'm reading. I'm doing two studies currently, with, one with Hudson and uh, one of our friends through First uh, John, which is really good. Uh, it's it's such a if you're struggling in your faith, if you're questioning salvation, having some doubts, man, go through First John. It's uh it's can be really confirming, or it can be really um, what's the word I'm looking for? It can it can bring some convicting. Yeah, conviction, and maybe those doubts are valid, and you need to reevaluate where you're at in your faith. But uh, that's a little bit of a tangent. Um, I'm also reading through Hosea through the Minor Prophets, prophets with uh, my buddy Andrew, and that's been really good. Uh, we just started, but um, it's it's re- I, 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 the Minor Prophets are something that I've sort of avoided, not not on purpose, but just like I don't know. I guess I haven't given as much significance to them as much as other verses, which is bad, but that's why I'm, I'm sort of focusing on those right now. But my time just looks like scripture first and foremost. Um, and then prayer, uh, that's a very simplified version of it, but whatever that may look like the here method, literally just reading, um, and trying to absorb. Uh, one thing that I catch myself doing is I will read and lose track of my mind, I guess. And like my mind will wander and I'll look down at the page and I've read an entire chapter and absorbed zero percent of it, um, and that's that's something that I've struggled with in the past, just because stressors in life and and things like that. So I have to make it a real focus to literally do a quiet time. Like I can't have my phone around me. I have to turn the TV off. I so going outside a lot of the times helps me because I it, it eliminates any distractions in my room, things like that. So my time with Jesus is literally quiet time. It has to be otherwise I will be distracted, and that's not good to do while you're. Uh, you're studying the word of God, but yeah, uh, anything else you want to add to that? Just as far as what your, your time looks like. I mean, sometimes if I'm feeling like really tired, really worn down, my quiet time will look like something like going for a walk and just spending intentional time with the Lord. And so sometimes it just takes us being like literally just quiet still and not doing anything. Like sometimes you might not have the energy to read the word, not even a journal, and so just spending intentional time in God's presence is sometimes is sometimes good. I mean, obviously, that's not all you need, but just just a nice recharge sometimes. Yeah. No, I did that last week, like on the way to work in the mornings, like the drives would be very like chill. And so I would just turn off the music and literally just spend that whole like 30 minute drive in prayer because I live out in the boonies. <laughs> and so <laughs> using that time that the Lord probably has given me for a reason, um, just in prayer. So. I yeah, that. I think I heard from someone once. It might have been JP. We talk about him a lot, but he just he just talked about find where you feel closest to God. Obviously, Scripture needs to be a part of your life. Um, prayer needs to part be a part of your life. But he talked about um, well, like for me, like I feel very in touch with the Holy Spirit, close to God in worship, um, in music. So sometimes I will literally sit in my room with worship playing. I'm not even really singing. Um, I'm sort of just listening to the words that are, are in the song um, and just like using that time intentionally to spend with God because I feel close to him in that. I, I mean, I feel close to him in his word, but find where you um, you can kind of settle in God's presence and use that. I mean, he's given us 
so many like you can look outside and, and see his majesty so if that's what you need to do go outside go on a walk and just thank god for what he's doing in your life thank god for the air you breathe um the water you drink down to the just some minuscule things if that's what it takes for you to feel close to god then let's do it um i think everybody's time with jesus can look completely different but it's all for the glory of the lord and so that's great but yeah great little softball question to start right Mm -hmm. that was a good one (laughs) so now (laughs) we've got a little bit of a tougher one this one uh it's not really tough we'll just we'll just jump right in um the question is do you think that the modern church is full of false converts yes (laughs) right off the bat we got a yes emma what what, yes or no what are you thinking Mm, i mean yeah i think so i want you to elaborate though because i don't have a lot of knowledge on the subject Okay. Um, well, I'll just go to scripture really quick. Titus one sixteen says, uh, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for anything good. Let me tell you something. Um, going overseas to share the gospel, incredibly difficult. Um, incredibly difficult. And I commend anyone who is called to do that. But equally as difficult is sharing the gospel with people in this area who are either cultural Christians, they were raised to be a Christian and they're not really living it out, um, or that they just claim Christianity and there's zero fruit. It is inc- it is so hard to minister to people who think that they are believers. Um, because how do you, you know, how do you question that? Because everyone in this area, we live in, in the Bible Belt. There's not a single person driving down pa- on Prince Street past this church that doesn't know who Jesus is. Um, whether they believe that he's a Messiah or not, that's that's besides the point. Every single person in this area can drive down the street and see a church, um, has heard of Jesus, knows at least a little bit about um, what Christians believe he did. And so there's a lot. I firmly believe that there are a ton of, of false converts, people who are um, deceived into believing that they're, they're believers within the church. And it, it's scary. It's, it's a really scary thing because... Uh, they're gonna have to face God one day and um, believe their entire lives that they were they were their salvation was secured and it wasn't um, and that's just a harsh reality that a lot of people are gonna have to face. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you think, Hud? Honestly, I could see this one tying in with a question we have a little later down the line about church culture. Mm. I just feel like the culture that we've kind of allowed to grow in church has kind of set the stage for these false converts to feel right at home. Because in a sense, we're all just coming, putting on a face and playing church. There's no vulnerability. Well, there is some, but like most churches, if you just walk in, there's no vulnerability, vulnerability, there's no accountability. And so if everyone's just coming in and looking the same, playing church, they know the things to say, when to stand, when to sit, then of course there's going to be false converts because we can't pick them out because everyone's literally acting the same. And so that's what I think is bad about church culture is we've kind of just made this if you come to church, you have to put on this, I'm doing okay, everything's fine, face, and that allows a lot of false converts to slip in and to feel right at home, so. Yeah, it's, and, and like Hudson said, that's why it's so difficult to um, even discern who is and who's not, um, which of course, that's that's for God to know, um, and for the, everyone's faith is their own. Um, I can do everything I can to share the gospel with people, but ultimately it's a decision that they have to make um, when God calls them to that. And so, man, yes, the answer to that question is yes. I, I, there are people at Woodland Heights Baptist Church that are um, claiming Christianity and are not believers. It's just the truth. 
Um, now I, I encourage anybody listening that might hear that and, and it might strike some fear in themselves. Um, it might make you have some questions. Good. You should not, if you were a Christian and are never, um, how do I put this? Never. What'd you say? How I challenge? Yeah. If you're never, I guess, challenging your faith, um, like testing your faith, testing your faith, then start. Um, you shouldn't just blind, blindly believe what maybe your parents have told you, or maybe you've just been raised in the church and that's what you've been, um, raised up to believe men, make your faith authentic. Uh, and that's how you're going to figure out if, if you are truly, uh, within the kingdom of the Lord. Because if, like I said, if you're just coasting as a Christian and just claiming it without, with zero fruit, um, it's time to reevaluate. And, uh, that's just, that's harsh reality. It's, it's a tough, tough criticism, but I mean, we've all done it. We've, I I know every single one of us in this room have, uh, dealt with doubts, dealt with struggles of, of, am I believing this for the right reasons? Am I truly a Christian? Did I just do this? Because it's what I was raised to do. And I think that all of us have come through that and, uh, come out on the other side stronger in our faith. So, like I said, the the answer to the question is absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on before we move on, I want to give a shout out, um, to Caleb Vineyard. He's sitting to our right. <laughs> he's done all of our, our sound stuff. Um, he's, he's been a huge blessing because if you listen to our first episode, <laughs> man, it was the audio Awful. was so bad and we're sorry for that. It's still up. You can go listen to it. But yeah. Caleb's been a huge help in this and we're, we're super appreciative of all that he's doing. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks dude. Um, but yeah, next question that we have is, I mean, we have a few, um, let's go with, Oh, this is a good one. This is one we can all answer and relate to. How do we fight pride in ourselves and our talents? Okay. Emma first. What you got? Me? Yes. Oh gosh. Let me, I'm trying to like think through my words here. Like I said, this is all yeah. there like very little preparation. We're just yeah, off the cuff. Yeah, definitely so. winging this, but it's okay. Um, I would say for me, first off, pride doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so good, or yeah. like, I'm so this, I'm so that. It can definitely be the other way around, um, and that is what I used to struggle with a lot, and sometimes I still do. Um, with leading worship and stuff, I used to just get off the stage and just like pick myself apart and just be like, wow, I did this wrong. I voice cracked, I did this, you know, just made it all about self, um, when in reality that is not that is not what matters. It mentions several times throughout the scriptures that the Lord has given you these spiritual gifts for a reason, and that is to glorify him. It is not for self-glorification, and it is only for his glorification. And so keeping that mindset has helped me a lot, and um, I don't know. It's helped with, like, anxiety, too, because, like, being able to just go on stage and be like, wow, like, if I voice crack, who cares? Because the Lord will still be glorified through it all kind of thing, and it is not about me whatsoever and so it's it's comforting and being able to just truly worship like that for sure yeah absolutely um on the i'm I'm sort of the opposite of of emma i dealt with growing up doing worship uh just a ton of like ego issues i i would literally get off the stage and hope people came up and told me how good i did 
And I, I had to struggle with that for a long time. And God really like 10,000 pounds of bricks conviction just slammed into me. And, uh, I had to really reevaluate why I'm doing worship. Um, and came to the point where like, I had to realize God has given me this gift. I can't not use it, but I'm going to have to shift my, um, thinking on why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it. Uh, and also, I mean, I guess in the same, same lane as Emma, because I had these ego and pride issues, if I messed up man, it, re- it was, it was the end of the world. Um, everybody, of course, in my head was noticed the voice crack or noticed that I forgot the words and that's all they could focus on. And so it just led to a lot of issues and I've had to, um, really get over. I still struggle with those sometimes. I mean, that's why if both of, both of these guys can tell you like, I hate, and this is not like, Oh, I hate taking compliments. No, like I genuinely will punch you in the face. (laughs) I, 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 it's just because of my past, because of things that, I dealt with as far as pride and, and ego problems. Um, people telling me that I've, I'm doing good. It sort of shifts into this. Oh gosh, is this going to reappear? Is this going to come about again? Because I'm being told I'm doing great, but I mean, I've had to work through that. That's just a struggle I've had. And it's something as a praise band leader of our youth ministry, I, um, have tried to instill in people like Emma, um, just the fact like we, we have this rule, uh, we might have talked about it before, but like when we get done, the question of how was that or was that good is to be avoided. Um, now, we're not always, we, we sometimes ask because we're human and it happens, but we try to avoid that question just because we want to do a good job for the Lord. We want to use our talents well. We want to help people worship well um, by doing a good job, but ultimately that's not what it comes down to. It's, it's, if we're up there and we are in the right mindset and we're glorifying the Lord, that's all that matters. And so avoiding the question of how was that, or was that good? Um, first of all, keeps us out of that, that egotistical mindset. And second allows for us to focus on other things. Like, was that glorifying to the Lord? Was that uh, a, a true time of worship for God? And so that's just something that for any worship leaders out there, people who are using their talents in the church, um, Try to avoid that question. Um, try to avoid, did I do a good job? Was that, did I mess up? Things like that. And just focus on, focus on God and that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, if you would have known me about two years ago, you would have thought I was the most egotistical kid you've ever met. Like when Josh came to our church, I <laughs> literally, he got on my nerves so much because he called me out on it all the time. And it was less of me being prideful and more of me putting on like a facade to kind of make myself feel confident. It was like a lack of confidence that made me put out that I was confident. But the thing that's helped me the most is instead of just like focusing on myself and like, oh, how can I fix this? How can I fix this? Well, first of all, I can't fix this. It's only the Lord that can fix this. But one verse that has really helped me is uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. And it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So right there, it's kind of just showing you if you want to be humble, if you want to display humility, then focus on others. Stop trying to focus on yourself. Like don't even don't even try to like fix your pride. Focus all your attention on others and then it'll kind of just sort out itself. And so it yeah. says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so that's been the easiest thing for me to combat pride is just to stop focusing on myself, to stop being so self-centered and to focus that on others. Um, We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
and kind of what that means is kind of just to wish the best for them to hope the best for them and the best way we can do that is to kind of help them and focus on them rather than ourselves and so i think that's a really good combat to pride is stop being so self-centered and just focus that on others amen yeah good stuff um and and also an encouragement i want to give if you are struggling with something like this whether it's the the type of pride Abel was talking about in like insecurity or if it's a pride that i was dealing with as far as egotistical um self-elevating pride um feel free to take a step back um yes you need to use your gifts for the lord but if you're using those incorrectly um if you are um, struggling with pride and and things like that feel free to take a step back and 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 reevaluate and come back later better stronger and more um equipped to lead well to use your talents well um don't feel um inadequate or lesser than because you need to take a break i mean literally pastors take breaks um it's necessary um to avoid burnout to um fix issues within yourself so if you're a worship leader if you're creative if you're a tech guy whatever it may be and you're using your talents for the lord um, and, and there's a struggle, there's something that you're dealing with mentally, um, that you can't get over this hump, whatever it may be, take a step back, do it, take a break, spend time with the Lord, grow. Um, and feel free to do that. I got one more thing to say on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've dealt with pride a lot, so I just have a lot of thoughts surrounding <laughs> this, but so pride is kind of an elevation of one's self. And so I think to fully understand humility is to fully understand the gospel. Mm. And what the gospel says is that we couldn't do it on our own. We were sinful. We were stuck in our sin. And Jesus saved us, literally pulled us out of that. And so to fully understand the gospel is to fully understand true humility of like we should not and really cannot boast in ourselves um, because Jesus has literally paid it all for us. And he's the only reason why we can use our talents to glorify him. And so if we're turning that to ourselves, we're losing sight of what the gospel is, which is that we're nothing without Christ. And so I think a truly focus your eyes on the gospel, focus your attention on others, and then that'll really combat pride. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. That was, that was a good, uh, good chat on, on stuff that we've all struggled with. Um, I, it's so difficult to have talents that the Lord has given you and, and as broken people use those correctly. Um, so don't think you're alone in that. I, I, have I could speak for hours on this. It's literally part of my testimony. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was good. We'll do a couple more, right? Y'all good with that? Yes. Cool. Um, man, this is one that we've gotten from like five or six people. Um, and so, yeah, what does it look like to date as a Christian? Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step Spoiler back. alert, the Bible does not say anything about dating. It's so true. we, we kind of got to pick and choose here and kind of apply it to this topic yeah emma's grabbing the mic here we I go i have lots of opinions Uh-oh. On <laughs> <laughs> you have opinion, opinion. Oh, i mean okay. they're i feel like they're, they're very i feel like they're biblically okay. based um <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so for me a pet peeve of mine is when people come up to me and they're like oh like use high school I was just a fun time to date and just, you know, not serious dating and just, you know, it's not for, for real relationships. It's time to figure Pet out what you like. The no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just, oh, that bothers me because like, if you think of it from like an eternity mindset, 
if you realize how small of a time that we are on this earth compared to eternity, like it's it's like slim, so small. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has placed you on this earth to one, pursue him in your daily life and to have that relationship with him. And two, to share that love and share the gospel with others. And you're sitting there wasting your time with a relationship that you know will end. And that's just like, I'm just not, I'm not here for that. I just feel like if you know that you're not going to spend your life with that person, then don't, don't be in it because the Lord's giving you that time probably for a specific thing, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I remember being told, you know, in high school, like you got to figure out what you like, like you got to figure out, um, what your taste is, things like that. And, it's it's just it's a dumb game to play, mm-hmm. um, truly. Uh, I I I firmly believe, like Hudson said, dating's not mentioned in the Bible. The closest thing we get, I guess, is um, in Jewish culture there was a betrothal period, um, in which the husband or the soon-to-be husband would prepare a place for them to live. He would prepare food for them to eat. He would get a job so he could support his wife. Things like that. Um, so I guess that's the only thing we have to compare dating to. And so, uh, I guess in that both of you should be preparing spiritually, um, physically, I don't know, money wise, just preparing in dating for marriage. Um, and so with that said, dating is preparation for marriage. Um, meaning you shouldn't be dating anyone that you can't (laughs) see marriage with. Uh, that, that's just a silly game to play. And you're, you're asking for hurt. You're asking for heartache. You're asking for, um, just so many things that you don't have to deal with and that you shouldn't deal with. Um, that's not to say that everyone you date, you're going to marry things happen. Um, breakups happen. People grow apart. Um, and, and all that means that that's not the person that God has for you. Secondly, God might not have anyone for you. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Why did I say yeah? Um, but no, truly, Paul Paul tells us like singleness is a gift, and Paul didn't date anyone. He's the greatest missionary um, that we see, mm-hmm. and uh, so men, I here's the thing: you will probably get married. Like chances are, statistically, you will get married. Um, but if you don't use it as a gift, that's so hard. I, trust me. I don't want to hear that. I'm saying this right now, and I don't want to hear that. Um, but it, it very well could be that God has a life of singleness for you that you're going to use for his glory, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, my, my biggest advice in dating is if you cannot see a, a potential marriage with the person that you're dating, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, why are you with them? And also, man, don't flirt to convert. <laughs> don't do that. Like you can be friends with, with non-Christians. I encourage you to be friends with non-Christians. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to do. But dating is literally, I mean, we're not supposed to be unequal, unequally yoked. Um, and so in that, that's, that's just black and white. Like don't, don't date someone who is not a Christian. Um, if you can be friends with them and they come to know Christ through y'all's friendship and they are truly a believer and mature in their, in their spiritual life, Sure, if that's if that's what God has for you, then let's make it happen. But as far as dating a non-Christian, I I just highly advise against mm-hmm. it. It's just not a good idea. I think it's just important. I I love what you said about 
how Paul, because he does say that. I don't mm-hmm. remember what Corinthians. I was just trying to flip through my Bible, trying to find it. But it's one of the Corinthians where he literally just straight up says that singleness is a gift. And I think having that mindset before you get into a relationship is the best thing, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying this. I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> but, you know, I like I said, a lot of opinions. But um, I think being content, too, which is like how things are. Obviously, not with your relationship with Christ, but just like in other aspects of your life. So you're not depending on that person for happiness as well, because I think that could end very badly, end up like finding identity and worth and all of that mess. And so I think just being content before you get into a relationship as well is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've had time to sit over here and think. Oh, gosh. So, no, it's, it's good things. <laughs> so, I, okay, so Paul, no. Who said the unequally yoked thing? That was, was that Jesus? Was that Jesus, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, it was Jesus. <laughs> and so I believe that I think a yoke is something they put on an oxen. Yeah. I think it was like two and they would pull the plow together. And so I think what that's symbolizing in my head is like you want to be in step with each other. You want to be on the same mission, which is ultimately going to be running the race of Christianity. And so that just brings up the point, where are you looking for this potential person to date and so the best places to look are in church bcm any ministry where you're going to be serving with somebody hand in hand and so don't change what you're doing keep serving god faithfully keep running the race and then you'll be over here serving and then you look over and you're like oh this girl's been serving with me for this many months or this guy's been serving with with me this many months we're on the same mission we have the same things in mind and then you can join together and keep running that same race serving in the same place but together And so I just feel like, first of all, where you look is very important. And then also, like Josh was saying, the betrothal period kind of just symbolizes the whole aspect of like, I know a lot of guys who kind of, they they make a list and they're like, this is everything I want a girl. I want a girl who has this quality, this quality, this quality. But then meanwhile, they're not even working on themselves. They're not working on their qualities. They're not trying to be that person that they're looking for. And so before you make a list of who you want to be with, maybe make a list of who I want to be for my future wife, who I want to be for my future husband and work on yourself. Cause I think that betrothal period kind of just shows like you got to work on yourself before you can be in a serious relationship like that. Yeah. And so those are just a couple of my thoughts on it. And Emma's spot on. Don't, I, I don't see any point of just dating to see what you like. I think it's silly. I think a lot of bridges become burned in that because I mean, let's be real in high school, you're probably not mature enough to date. I know I wasn't. I burned a lot of bridges and regret a lot of things I did. It was a big waste of time. I could have made way better friendships with all my guy friends, but instead I wanted to flirt with all these girls. And so it was just, it was a waste of time. I regret it all. So. Yeah. Uh, And, and one more thing. Uh, I just want something that I struggled with for a long time. Like the perfect person doesn't exist. Um, you can have all of these tastes or whatever your taste may be, blonde hair, blue eyes, brunette, whatever it may be. First of all, attractiveness is insignificant. Um, obviously there's some level of it's gonna, you're going to be attracted to who you're attracted to. That's just how it works. Um, but past that, past surface level stuff, you should be attracted to their heart. Um, and you should figure out if that heart is for Christ, if that heart is for the glory of the Lord, um, and if it's not, if that, if you get into a dating relationship and, and realize this person is not helping me grow in my faith, this person, is, person is pushing me farther away from Christ. This person doesn't have any interest in growing together, um, through Christ, get out. Um, 
it's it's not worth it, um, and it's going to lead to more issues down the line. Uh, because, man, if you can find someone who is in line with what you're doing as far as your mission um, on this earth, and that is to share the gospel, it, 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 it will work. Um, whether they are the ugliest person you've ever seen in your entire life or if they're the most attractive person you've ever seen in your entire life. If y'all are on mission together um, and God has, has called you to this marriage, has, has placed us in your life to this relationship, I mean, it's going to be beautiful. And you're going to get to do kingdom work together. And um, that, that's just a beautiful thing that God has designed for us. And also, last thing, we, we should have, we really might do a full episode on this because we probably should. But <clears throat> one thing that I've had to realize, if you are single right now, don't feel like, wanting to be married or wanting to be in a relationship is a bad thing. Um, God places desires on your heart. God wants to hear your desires. He knows them, but he wants you to communicate those with him. And man, if you are following the Lord's will and you communicate those desires to the Lord, chances are he, he's going to provide. It might not be exactly how you think or when you think it will be, but if you have a desire to be married, if you have a desire to be in a relationship and eventually have a spouse and children, let God know that. Um, talk to God about that. Pray with God about that. Um, his answer very well could be no. I doubt it. Um, I think that people who are called to singleness, singleness genuinely, or sorry, generally know that they're called to singleness. Um, and they don't have that desire to be in a relationship or get married. But if you do, don't feel like, oh gosh, am I, am I going against what God has for me? No. Um, it just might not be the time for you yet. Um, realize that God wants what's best for you. God wants to um, provide for you. He is providing God. I mean, his provision is all throughout scripture and I've seen it in my own life on just many, many, many occasions. And so, uh, take it from me. I, I want to be married. I want to have kids someday. I want to raise them up in the, in, in Christ. And I, I desire that. And I've let God know that. And I think his answer has been so far, not right now. Um, but I don't, I have not heard a, a, um, any indication that I should stay single, um, that I should stop pursuing, um, his answer is just, but not right now. And so I have to be okay with that. I have to realize that it's his timing. His timing is perfect. And he's going to bring the right person for me someday. I'm excited about that. I pray for her daily, nearly, um, every day. And so, like I said, if you're feeling this burden of singleness, communicate with God. Um, if that's your desire, let him know. But yeah, man, um, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. We'll do really quick. Um, which one, which one do we want to do? We have a whole list in our phones, so we'll play some uh, we'll play some elevator music, put you guys on hold. Um, well, Hudson just said temptation, mm-hmm. so we got this question. Literally, all it said was temptation. No context. Um, no context. So we're gonna answer it how we <coughs> want. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We're gonna answer. It's obviously temptation is a big issue for a lot of people, so we're gonna tackle it. How do you wanna you wanna start us off? Yeah. So I didn't really know what it meant. So I kind of took two different views on it and found scripture to um, kind of explain. And so my first one is James 1, 12 through 15. And so it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot tempt with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And so if you look at this, and 
you're wondering, where does temptation come from? What is the root of temptation? Well, it comes from your own desires. And so the best way, to, I think, to combat, to combat temptation, if this is what the person was asking, which probably is what they were asking, is how do I fight temptation? Um, fight it at the desire. Like, pray to God to change your desires. Spend time with the Lord. I believe when you spend time with the Lord and really get to know His heart, your desires are going to be shifted to a love for Christ rather than a love for these temptations. And so, yeah, fight it at the desire. And then that'll, it won't give birth to sin. It won't give birth to death. And so, yeah, if you just let those desires fester in your mind, if you don't deal with them, if you don't handle them, if you don't pray about them, then yeah, it's going to lead to sin, which ultimately leads to death if it's unrepentant in your life. And so, yeah, fight it at the desire. And then I'll just go ahead and spout out my next one, which is First Corinthians ten thirteen. Let me find it. First Corinthians good one. 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So if maybe they were saying like, I have all this temptation in my life and I don't know what to do with it. Like, it seems like there's no way out. It's saying right here, like God. Okay, first of all, a lot of people say God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. That is a total lie. Yep. God will never give you more than you can handle without his help. So if you're not turning to him, if you're not handing your burden over to him, if you're not praying about these temptations, then yeah, you'll probably get smothered by them. You'll probably fall to this temptation over and over again. And so, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So turn to him. If he has the way of escape, obviously turn to him. If you want the key, you go to the person who holds the key and it's Christ. So yeah, if you're trying to take it alone, then of course you're not gonna you're not gonna find a way out. So just turn to Christ, give those temptations to Him. Yeah, and and at the end of First Corinthians ten thirteen, it talks about God providing a way of escape. And I actually spoke on this recently. The way of escape, and He mentions it in that in that verse, can be um, heightened endurance. Um, so. No, we're not saying that because you take your temptation, your struggle with temptation to God, that it's going to evaporate, that it's going to disappear. Um, it very well could not. That could be something that God is growing you through. Um, that could be something that right now you're struggling with it. In the future, you'll be able to help others that are struggling with that temptation. And so, yes, while um, temptation is tough, God provides a way out through endurance. He He will provide you um, with resources like prayer, like scripture, like community, um, just so many things that you can use as a, um, a, a sort of something that you can lean on so that you can get through these temptations um, and get through these struggles. And so don't don't think just because I say, God, I want this temptation to go away, that it's going to go away. Um, we, we struggle with temptation. Uh, it's all throughout the Bible. Uh, and so... So I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that the escape isn't necessarily that you're going to be pulled out of that temptation. The escape is going to be, could be heightened endurance. Now God can absolutely take temptation away from you and rid you of it. And I hope that happens. It, that's a beautiful thing that he can do. But sometimes that heightened endurance is all that he provides. And that's, that's, he's just in doing so. Yeah. Um, to build off of that, I, I definitely agree with that heightened endurance because I was listening to a podcast quite a few months ago. And it was this guy who was actually homosexual before he became a Christian. And when he converted, he prayed every single day, like, God, please take this desire away from me. Please take this desire away from me. And he was like, and it never happened. And so he's still one of the happiest guys I've ever heard on this podcast because he was like, 
now I'm closer to God than I've ever been. He hasn't fully taken away this temptation. Like it's still there in the back of my mind, but he's given it over to Christ. He spends time with Christ. He's doing ministry for other people who feel that way. And so Christ gave him height, heightened endurance. He, he can endure it. He can resist it with the help of Christ. But that, that temptation, that desire still hasn't fully gone away. And so that honestly doesn't seem fair to me, like somebody who lives like that their entire life. But he went to Christ. Christ has allowed him to endure it and to resist it. And so I just thought that was really, really cool. And so for anyone who says like, oh, it's impossible, I can't do it. Like, just look at a guy like this, has this desire his whole life, can't get married, can't fulfill the desire to be with another man, but he still loves Christ and he's still fighting for other people who feel that way to find Christ as well. So I, I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Emma, you want to you wanna add anything? I mean, y'all probably all really got it. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think the main thing is like, know that like the temptation in itself is not a sin. I think don't mm. feel super guilty for feeling that's good. the temptation. Just I mean, Jesus was tempted. Like that's straight scripture right there. Um, so I would say that also like you're not alone. I'm sure of it. Like we're all human beings. We all have different things that tempt us. So not only go to Christ, but also go to your community. Like it's community is really important. Um, that's also in scripture. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably good, right? Yeah. We did like (laughs) five questions. Oh, Hudson, Hudson's not finished. So (laughs) the book I'm reading gentle and lowly that I told you I'm reading earlier. Yeah. And so it talks a lot about Jesus being our, um, or interceding for us. And so Jesus, when he was on earth, he, you might think, oh, he was fully God. So he didn't, he didn't feel these temptations like I do. Actually in Jesus in being fully God kind of used that divine part of himself to like restrain any part of himself that would uh, hinder him feeling these temptations. And so he felt the full force, if not, you know, he felt more temptation than we do because he endured it. He endured it to the end and he didn't give in. So think about like a, a temptation that's like very prevalent in your life. And now think about when you give into it, when you give into it, the temptation goes away. You're no longer fighting that thought. You've just kind of given in, thrown in the flag. But Jesus, he never did that. He never sinned. And so he felt the full weight of these temptations without giving in. And so he was probably sometimes in agony with these temptations. Like he had to wrestle them to the end and he never gave in. And so Jesus is able to sympathize with us. That's what it says in scripture, that he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. And then he intercedes to the father for us. So if you're feeling beaten down over this temptation and like Jesus is kind of retreating from you or like pushing you away in disgust, his heart is actually drawn out to you in these temptations because he hates the sin so much that he, he loves the person struggling with the sin all the more. And so Jesus is right there. He's ready to help you out with it. And so don't think that he just is a God who's unable to sympathize with your struggles because he wouldn't understand when scripture literally tells us he's able to understand more than anyone else can. So yeah, he's there for you. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think we can look to Jesus as that example in sympathizing with other temptations, other people's temptations. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a tongue twister. Um, but yeah, I think that I've seen in my own life temptations that I am struggling with now or that I've struggled with in the past. I can sympathize with others that are going through the same thing and we can walk alongside each other or I can lead them and guide them in that temptation and how to deal with it, how to combat it, how to fight it. And so similar to Jesus, if we're supposed to walk like him, he did that for us. So we should do that for others. Um, so if you're struggling with a temptation, um, ask yourself, like, how am I, how is God growing me through this? Um, it, it sucks in the moment. Truly. It really does. But how is God 
um, how am I going to come out of this with a stronger faith, with a um, more knowledge of how to handle this? How am I going to help others with this after I after I uh, go through this? But yeah, I think we've done like five or six questions. I could be wrong. It could be like two. <laughs> I don't know. We've been talking for a minute. But man, I'm just so glad to be back. Uh, we We truly are, I think, passionate about this podcast and just reaching you guys, getting to hear from you guys and answering questions that are you're struggling with or you're battling with or that you just want to know the answer to. Um, and we do our best to answer that. So I think we all just want to say thanks for the support. Um, even though we've been gone for a minute, uh, hopefully this summer as it as summer kicks off, we, uh, we have a little bit more free time and, uh, can, can do this more often, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah thank you guys for listening. Yeah. I, I really love doing this. It's, it's really fun. And it's good to know people actually listen and we don't just put them on Spotify for our moms and dads. Yeah. Our moms and dad do listen though. So yeah. that, that's cool. Thanks hey, mom. mom. Thanks dad. Jinx. Oh, I need to say thanks to my dad. Yeah. He, got bitter he gets, time. he gets a little jealous. Steve, we love you. My dad, but I don't think he even owns Spotify or Apple music. We'll, we'll you. get Jeff. The, we'll, we'll hook Jeff up with the, with the podcast. But yeah, I think my grandma listens too. Hey, wow. hey again. Um, but yeah, like we truly are so grateful for every, every single one of you. Uh, we're going to hopefully be doing this again pretty soon. So follow our Instagram. That's where we post our uh, question boxes for you guys to drop any questions you may have. It's at WMHA pod. Haven't said that in a minute and I still got it right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hit us up on Instagram, be on the lookout for merch soon. We're going to have a little website for you guys. Um, if you if you follow our Instagram, you've already seen them. Um, the merch is going to be really cool. So excited about it. Um, and it's gonna, you know, help us out a bit. Like his money's cool. <laughs> money's good. Um, yeah, we haven't really had conversations about this, but we all, we might use that money and put it back into our podcast. Maybe get a new mic. Cause right now we're using two mics between the three of us. <laughs> yeah. That's so, why, that's why like if, if I ask a question sometimes, like there's a little pause cause Hudson <laughs> has to grab the, the mic. mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Um, that's just another way for you guys to support us. And again, we'll, we're so thankful for that. Um, Mom and dad, y'all better buy like 10 shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, also, um, be on the lookout for a song. Um, that, Wait, uh, what? Yeah. We were announcing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Emma Emma has written a song, and I've got to help her through that. Hud's, Hud's I can been, give a preview right now. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. No, no, no. Sustain me. Me and Emma, um, with the help of um, the one and only William Crockett, are, are working on a song right now. And I'm really excited about that. Hopefully, next couple of weeks-ish. Um, got a little bit more work to do. And then we're going to be doing a, a house show at some point this summer. Um, probably end of June, early July. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Like I said, we want to use our creative abilities with the podcast, with music, all that good stuff. But yeah, I think that's it. Um, I think that we're done. So, uh, (laughs) Hudson, stay tuned for the WMHA conference, 2023. Um, it's going to be big. JP's coming. He's our guest speaker. Um, we the kingdom is going to be our. <laughs> it's, we're just going to have it in a field off the side of the interstate because we can't afford a venue. So uh, yeah, don't don't think that's happening. Yeah, just but kidding. Hey, it could though. It you never could. know. If y'all share this podcast, <laughs> we could do that. Share it with every one of your friends. Share it with your dog, cats. Yeah, I fish. don't care who it is. Okay, let's run. This. Yeah, <laughs> we need to go. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. I promise. Uh, peace out. Do the outro. Do do do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>